0: everybody. Thanks for listening to Shop Talk Show. We have two sponsors for you. One of them is uh, Environments for Humans. They're having the RWD Summit like super-duper fast. Like, By the time you listen to this, which is at the earliest possible Monday, it starts Tuesday. So it's like you need to buy the ticket and go right away if you're going to do it. You can totally do it last minute because you don't have to book any flights or anything. It's online. That's rwdsummit.com. Keep listening because we're going to give away a ticket to it later in the show. That's rwdsummit.com and LY lynda.com Yeah, that's lynda.com the largest learning resource on the web the URL you want to go to there is lynda.com slash shop talk which will get your 10 day free trial to everything lynda has to offer on there which is a huge library check that out but for now let's kick things off
1: you're listening to another episode of the shop talk show a murder mystery podcast that takes place over 10 episodes i'm dave Rubert. with me is chris Coy. hello
0: everybody i wish you had the cereal i was listening to another podcast ding,
1: ding, 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 yeah
0: it's very yep. distinctive i mean you can't mouth cereal it's too hard you can't mouth base that.
1: No one can mouth base. S- send in your mouth base of the cereal theme and mm. I'll put it on the podcast. We have with us Anna
0: Debenham. Hi, Anna. Hello. <laughs> it never fails that the hel- when they say hello back, it's drowned out by the horns. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I. it's kind of a thing now.
1: I should have done like the, what is, we call it the graduation song, but whatever it is in the UK, the <laughs> like that's the president song. Anyway. All right. I should have prepared for today. Sorry. Aww. Anna. thanks for coming on.
2: Thanks for inviting me.
1: Yeah. So you I mean, it's,
0: it's, uh, uh, we have a, it's a classic time zone differential episode
2: and yep. you're over there
0: <laughs> in the UK. What time is it right now?
2: It's my bedtime.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so if you just snooze out here, yeah,
2: here's sorry. Totally.
1: Okay. All
0: right. Well, thanks for for bearing with us for that. So, but 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 how's it going? How to um you know, I th- I think it's fun to start these things with the kind of the, the I don't know what are you excited about? What have you been doing recently? What's happening?
2: Oh God, <laughs> ask me these questions so late at night. Um. I am excited about style guides. Um, and you even have
0: a little book, right? Or a, a, yeah. quite literally, little, right?
2: I, I keep forgetting I wrote that. <laughs> so, oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> you have a book, a podcast.
2: Yeah.
1: A website now. Yeah.
2: That website was just a kind of. Brad just tweeted something about, oh, we need to have like a resource for this. And. Had I happened to have an hour spare, and I just put something together. Like, oh, is this any good? And then it kind of went from there.
0: So this is Styleguides.io, the coolest of all TLDs. <laughs> I kind of forgot about this. I'm sorry. I gotta get. I gotta make sure I'm subscribed so I don't miss these. But so it's a whole podcast all about every. Just every every guest you have on talks about how they incorporate and think about style guides. Is that the yeah? Case?
2: It's just a short run thing. I think we're doing about twelve episodes. Um, and because I mean I didn't think there was going to be a whole lot to talk about because it seems like kind of a niche topic, but apparently there is. <laughs> well,
0: I'm sure there is. Cool. Oh, Mr. Federico Mailchimp, right? Mm-hmm. I know that dude. Uh, cool. So yeah, we'll make sure to link this up in 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 the in, in the show notes. But you've been thinking about and implementing and doing style guides for a while now, huh? Did, where did that come from? Or was it like a this is a smart way to work. I want to work like this. Or, you, your background is front end, right?
2: Yeah. So it was about um, I guess it was 2009. I did an internship with Clearleft, and um, there was a woman who worked there called Natalie Down. Um, You probably know her now from, uh, she runs Lanyard. And she did these uh, things she called uh, patent portfolios, which were basically uh, pages of, uh, she did the HTML and CSS. And it was just a a page with all of the elements on it. Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking how cool that was. And um, then I think Drew asked me to write for 24 Ways and I wasn't really sure what to write about. And I thought back to these, sort of pattern portfolios and um, I started putting together an article about them because I was I was always begging her to write something about them and um, she was always too busy. So uh, I, I put something together and kind of went from there.
0: Nice. I, is it just happenstance that that phrase didn't catch on or is there a difference between a style guide and a style portfolio? I think portfolio? there's a
2: difference because with pattern portfolios, it's just the visual elements, but it's kind of like um, – so Dan Moore has something called element collages, which are, they're all kind of in Photoshop, so they're all the sort of visual elements mm-hmm.
1: of... Kind of static.
2: Yeah. Whereas this is more, it's the kind of final code, but it's actual, it's written in code, you know, the, it's not just a design, it's the, it's kind of the deliverable, but it's showing just on one page, everything that could be on the website.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So there, yeah, so there's... There's pattern or there's style portfolios and there's um what was the Dan Mall one called element collage. Element collages. Then there's style guides and then we know about style, style tiles. tiles, the Samantha Warren thing. So there, are, it, it's worth having some language behind this possibly because they are a bit different and.
2: Yeah, super- I like how everyone has their own techniques depending on their skill set on what stage of the the kind of the project as well. Like style tiles are kind of an exploration and um whereas a patent portfolio is kind of a deliverable uh mm-hmm. so it's everyone has has kind of come up with these different solutions to slightly different problems and i just kind of i i'm quite i'm kind of a collector and i i like sort of collecting things and um talking about things so yeah it just made sense to to make this site
0: that's great. I'm gonna. I'm about to, to launch into one, and I think it's kind of exciting. Just because I feel like it's how I work and think usually, and so CodePen, I feel like, is built from patterns. But I, I never really made an official style guide, you know. And now that I'm kind of working on a bit of a redesign and tinkering with things, I'm like, I should probably do that. If nothing else, you know, not because I care that it's public or something. Even though I probably will make it public, uh, because it, I, I, it will probably help me find things that are inconsistent and i wasn't even aware of that
2: yeah and And also things that break if they're on the same page
0: oh yeah like conflicting patterns yeah oh i hadn't thought of that that's good
1: there's also it's all it's usually like the thing that's like 10 percent different like you added a piece of metadata and you're like oh well there you go (laughs) and it's like Cool. That's like a whole different thing, yeah. or an if statement sometimes. But
0: you know, what gets me ugh. is nested patterns sometimes too. Like your tabs work fine unless, or your grid works fine unless it's within another grid or whatever. Because you just you used like selectors that don't have like direct descendant combinators or whatever <laughs> child combinators, and they're just uh, uh, kind of sloppily constructed selectors that screw up your grids. Anyway, that's why we have style guides to save us.
1: And you Anna are also the core maintainer of the game console browser whatchamacallit? Like browser review. Yeah. Is that right? Uh,
2: kind of yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's just a can you
1: ta- can you talk about why you got into game consoles and what 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 interests you there?
2: Uh so it all started there was um I was working for a project called Speaker, which is um it, it's kind of an anti-bullying uh app that is used by children in primary schools so like in um uh, like older than kindergarten it's like called elementary school mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and it's a way for them to kind of talk to their teachers but without doing it verbally by doing it with technology if they're too kind of nervous to talk to them or um it, it's it's basically a sort of two-way system for teachers to talk to children who they're they're worried about and Um, for kids to report how they feel and so we went into a lot of schools to kind of test the idea out to get ideas back from them and um, we asked them sort of what technology they had at home so we can get an idea for what sort of browsers to test on and one of the things that um, we asked was do you have any like game consoles and there was one class we went to where every single child had a nintendo ds and so I mm. thought, oh, I should probably get one of these to get a feel for how it works and have a look at the UI and and just kind of get a feel for how they're using it. And it was only when I got it that I realized it had a browser. And so I wrote an article about what that browser's like. Um, and then I found out there were browsers on other consoles too. So I thought I'd test them. Um, and people kept asking me to test more and it kind of grew. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's cool. This is super uh, cool. I, I haven't seen this. The in a reason while.
1: I asked is because I want to buy a Nintendo DS and I really want to justify it as a business expense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what
2: well do you just, you totally can. <laughs> okay. <good.
1: laughs> Tell my account. Yeah. That's great. I but no, seriously though, when I I lived in Japan for a while and they had the PSP, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I would use the browser on the PSP like all the time. Like cuz it's convenient. Just, well, like literally because you're too lazy to pick up your yeah. computer. <laughs> you're like just playing some dumb game and you're like, I'm too lazy. Let's go see what's on my website. Hmm. So, um, But it was really hard to use. That's what I remember too. About yeah.
2: That was that a, just like a PSP 2000 or something?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like the original so or that first edition. doesn't
2: even have a touchscreen. That's just a D-pad. So it was even mm-hmm. harder than using one of those uh, old phones where when you're texting and you you press like one for ABC, two for oh, yeah. DEF, this is just you have four buttons and you've got to tab through ABC, DEF. You know, it's, it's a lot harder to use. So you, you would have been quite patient to use that.
1: I probably just went to my website. I mean, or Dick, <laughs> Dick.com. That was big back then. Nice. Oh, yeah.
2: And it's cute because it's got a little cursor on the screen as well because it's not touch screen you have to kind of move this cursor about
0: i saw a
1: yeah, car you, like, with that the other day <laughs>
0: no way really yeah the car had a screen and that's how you navigate it is there's a little joystick and you had to move the cursor around i was like that's not safe
1: <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> <laughs> let's see left turn <laughs> also trying to click a link uh,
0: this was all it was interesting stuff because you know i think at the time You know, or I guess it's all the time, but the time that you were doing a lot of this game console stuff was a time that RWD was really getting up in people's minds and stuff. And the idea was it's not just. Squish your screen stuff. It's like you know, everywhere stuff, mm-hmm. and TVs are are a part of that. And weird, you know, weird devices like hit the right chord at the right time. I think it was kind of like that. The, the the philosophies behind this apply to everything, including these weird browsers that you probably don't even think of very much, but are there and people use them.
2: Yeah, I want people to break out of the kind of silo mentality of this is what it looks like on mobile. This is on tablet. And this is it on desktop because there is just such a big spectrum of devices. Um, You've got things like like the PSP, which is it's in landscape. Um, It's kind of I think it's eight hundred pixels wide, so you get like it's like a desktop basically, but it's it's smaller and you don't have you don't have the touch screen. It's it's just D pad and it's it's basically torture testing your website when you when you use one of these devices.
0: Mm-hmm. all right so the the uh, another thing that you I don't know you're a freelancer right and, mm-hmm. and kind of like <laughs> proud of it in a sense right like you kind of talk about that world sometime
2: yeah I get a lot of people asking me about it so <laughs> try and help them there. yeah
0: yeah we have some questions to that effect which we'll get into in a moment but but it's like it's like largely 100% independent right you have a website and accept i don't know proposals from people and just work with yeah, them I, and charge I them. think
2: I've been freelancing so long now that I probably wouldn't be very good in a full-time job.
0: <laughs> yeah. I've heard I've heard that from people, right? Like I I don't think I could have a boss again, is that the feeling?
2: Yeah. I mean, I The reason I started freelancing was that I couldn't get a job because I started when I was 18 and straight out of school, I I didn't have any experience. Um, And so I was just kind of waiting for the right job to come along and and it didn't. And so I just kept going and now I'm just, I really enjoy it and I like having that control and being my own boss and choosing my own hours, that sort of thing. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, heck yes. (laughs) been a long time for me too, and it it would seem to be weird it, it, or it's like i don't it's hard to even think about like an amount of money that would that would mm. be worth r- killing freedom for you know i don't i can't I don't know what that number is, but I, I just I like being able to, wants to pay it?
2: I like being able to do speaking and stuff and not have to get someone's approval you know or, or right. get someone to check through my slides or um just being able to talk about exactly what i what I want to talk about
0: yeah. Freedom. <laughs> cool. So what do you got, Dave? Do you have any, like, any errata here for the – I feel like mm. so, some podcasts are, like, half errata, and we never have well,
1: any. Well, because we're too Lazy. proud to admit mistakes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you're probably
1: right. So. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't think we have anything uh, in – I'm. I'm totally blanking on drama. All We used to I'm do sure
0: drama and I think been. I'm just, I like literally got sick of it. You know, I mean, I, I, I used literally incorrectly there, but you know what I mean? I just, I'm, I'm burnt.
1: <laughs> oh, hold on. Are you saying hot drama is not cool Even anymore? Even though I think
0: I'm, I think I am, I'm literally correct though. And that didn't, they revise the definition of that word to just mean
1: emphasis. Wow. Uh, oh, we don't have to yeah, do that. You're, you're right, but. I guess, yeah, I don't know. Drama is interesting to talk about because are you just perpetuating the terrible things in our industry? Yeah. (laughs) Or are you... The only kind of drama we
0: ever really liked was the fun kind anyway. Or it's just obviously dumb and it's just two equal sides. You know, tabs versus spaces kind of garbage.
1: Yeah, I like it when people are stamping their feet about nothing. (laughs) but. Uh, that's my favorite ones. Um, okay. I don't have any links or anything unless somebody has something they, they remember from this week. No, no, let's go get to the meat and taters as we go right here. Uh, listen. first question. Yep. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are we ready team? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Daniel Wacos writes in. I always wanted to be a contractor. I consider myself a cool, not as cool as Anna Debenham, front end, but I cannot step on the contractor world. Uh since you work that way, what are your steps to get into it?
2: Uh, <laughs> uh I'm probably not the best one to ask that because I just when I finished school, I just went onto like the government website registered as a sole trader and I was like, right. <laughs> Here we go. Um
1: <laughs> now your business.
2: Yeah, so. you you don't really have to do a whole lot other than that. I think the important thing is getting in work. Um so right. if you can get um, you know, talk to your friends and family is the first thing and see if they know anyone who's looking for a website and chances are there is, start doing that. Um I think it's important to make sure that you've got something like a contract in place because Where I screwed up quite early on was not doing that, and also being too scared to talk about money. It would get to the point where I'd finish a website, and then the person who I was making it for would say, "So, how much do you want me to pay you?" And I'm like, "Uh, something."
0: Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I feel you, though. I I kind of remember those days. You know. what a mistake, you know, and then you and then you like the the cruel irony of it is that if you bring it up early, it's like they respect it, you know, and, and it yeah. feels good for them. And it feels good for you. And it's just like, there's no, you know, dread or feeling of it. It's just easy and clean. So you, you know, you end up being you thinking back me like, wow, I was all I was worried about nothing, really.
2: Yeah, yeah. And it actually, I think it was easier on the client. When I was more upfront about, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd give Them a contract and they'd say, Oh wow, this is really professional. It's you know, I'm not working with just anyone, um, so it's actually in your best interest. It, it doesn't, I think, I was always worried that giving a client a contract would turn them off, but I've actually found it's the opposite. You and know, they feel like if it did, there would
0: be the worst client ever. It's like, yeah, it'd yeah. be like, it'd be like, you know, bomb avoided or, or whatever,
2: yeah, <laughs> and I think, um, as well. I wish I'd trusted my instinct more. Like i I often have a gut feeling about a client and it usually turns out to be right. Mm. Um so yeah, just follow your gut.
0: That's good. Mm. Uh That's good. trust the trust your ESP.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say Paravel Inc., we started we're just a three person company, almost like a contractor, but um our first website We made for $300. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow. It took us like a month and a half. And Trent and I (laughs) split the money. Just down down the middle. valiantly. Yeah. Uh Oh, boy. Jeez. Uh, So there you go. I mean. It probably wasn't so many years ago. No. not Well, web time. It's a long time. But
2: like seven or eight
1: years ago. But uh, yeah. But I agree with what Anna said. Just tell people you make websites and (laughs) it really should sell itself, um, to some, there's also like go to meetups. We always say that and Mm -hmm. like, just say you do freelance and they don't need to know you do it freelance after your job hours. You know, you just say, Hey, I work late at night. I'm a night owl.
0: (laughs) I I, I, I like you. That's that touches on my probably my best advice, and I always caveat this with I'm not a freelancer, so I'm uh, the worst person to give you advice. But if I was hiring <laughs> one, which is the which is the you know the flip side of this kind of thing, I want to see your personal website, and I want to see your personal website with a couple yeah. of really good pieces on it, so that I can tell that you do work. You know, I want to link to your Twitter, so I can see that you like can type sentences and stuff, and you know, I just want to see you're that you're a person. Kind of-
2: moaning about your last client
0: right yeah just <laughs> just show me some basic stuff you know don't put 50 pieces of garbage in it you know pick three things that are nice and I can see that you clearly do work you know all the better if it has a github link or something I'm probably not going to dig into your projects I'm just going to see that you've ever committed something ever <laughs> you know <I'm> like, <laughs> okay cool there that's probably that's good enough you know but definitely that's have a almost, uh, knows how to use git yeah kind of. just they're not they 're not a weird you know dark matter developer that just is just i have, i have no way of verifying that you can do any kind of work. Just show me a little bit uh, okay God I had some the thoughts are flowing today, but I think we should keep on with the questions so we can keep moving on here. Brian Stedman writes in. And this is, I almost brought this up earlier. You talk about tiny bootstraps and use meaning Dave. Dave wrote about this a while ago. And I think that's another one of those things that that struck a chord. Uh, um, I really like this idea, but I'm curious what that looks like for you in practice. Do you deliver a folder full of sash par- SAS partials, for example, for them to work with? Or, have you, or do you just give them kind of a minified style sheet, you know, kind of encouraging them Not to mess with the CSS, but there's classes in there (laughs) that they can use. Yeah, that's a little weird. Uh, He says, having clients edit the main styles directly later has always led to more issues in my experience. So I've started adding a clients.css file that gets loaded last, similar to the shame.css. Oh, I was just thinking Yeah. for clients uh, if they if they use if they need to change any CSS style. So then uh, when they ask me for changes I can see exactly what they've been doing since I last touched the projects. Do you have any thoughts on how to deal with that in a better way? So, I guess this is kind of a two-part thing. Like first of all, is a tiny bootstrap a style guide or is it or is it something different or do you ever think of them that way?
2: I I think of them that way. I I think of Style Guys is quite a broad thing, probably broader than most people do, and probably broader than I should. Um, but yeah, I mean, a tiny bootstrap. I think that term is kind of um, used quite a lot to describe uh, when you give deliver- deliverables to a client. That's just kind of um, it's it's like the Twitter bootstrap. Um, you've got all of the code there alongside the examples, and. I really like that because it's it's giving the client the ability to build their own templates afterwards. And certainly the clients that I work with, they they want that. They want something that that I'm not gonna have to come back later and build them something else. They uh, want yeah. to be able to do yeah, that build themselves. your own,
0: build your own pages with what, what 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 I've given you. But what about you know? I, I'm starting this kind of new project too, and we definitely want to go the style guide route. But you wouldn't you? Well, I shouldn't say this. I guess I'll let you answer. But I would think that you probably wouldn't start with the style guide, right? Don't do you do you try to design at least a couple of, of pages first, and then abstract that into a style guide? So you're not. It just it feels weird to design a component with no context. I guess. So.
2: yeah i mean it it really depends on the client again i'm I'm not often involved in the design part but um if um like the last project I was working on um it was an internet and we started off with the content and you know we'd we'd decide what content needed to go where and and what sort of components we needed and then the design happened later on once we sort of yeah and that but that was a very functional website you know it's it's not like a marketing site. So it makes sense for something like an intranet, Um, but for something like a marketing site, you probably would want to start with something like Style Tiles, which is a lot more exploratory. Um, so um, a site I worked on that we, that used Style Tiles, um, we started off with that and started building stuff straight away from the Style Tiles oh. to give us kind of a starting point. And then once we'd done a bit of that, then we did some more design and it was kind of a back and forth. Uh, so that's, that's what I like about style tiles. If they give yeah. you that kind of starting point, it doesn't have to be like, this is how it's going to look. And that's kind of the point of them is that they're just kind of a conversation. They're, they're a starting point.
0: That's interesting. So it kind of depends on the process. Like maybe you are a little further along into design. Maybe there is a little context already, possibly, or, and it kind of depends on your role. So if it's, if, if, if you're maybe just a front end developer on this particular project that maybe that's, what's required of you is to do that part.
2: And I guess with the second part of the question on how you deliver that CSS to the client, um, again, it's, it it depends on the client. Um, so the ones that I normally work with, they've got an in-house team already and pretty much all of them have been excellent web teams and they've been fully capable of of um, working with the code that I've written. And I think if they weren't, though, I would probably run some training workshops just to get them familiar with how the CSS works and how things like SAS works, Um but yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't minify the code so that they couldn't then unravel <laughs> it. I think that would be a bit, you know, it's it's like giving someone a Photoshop file but not the actual editable file.
0: Yeah, JPEG or instead or whatever. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, and that's you know, as a developer, I get sent those, and it's really frustrating if I can't pick them <laughs> apart. You know, if I can't take out some of the the bits that that's I'm going to sprite nice. and. Yeah, it, it's kind of like that. I'd, I'd be really frustrated if I were a developer sort of working with someone else's code and they, they'd done it like that. I, I just think that's just a bit rude.
0: <laughs> so it's a communication thing, is like, you know, like if. You you already know that there's going to be back and forth, or at least with yeah. your setup, there's going to be some back and forth. So you need to like it doesn't. It sounds like Brian maybe that's working for you. If giving them a straight up .css file that they can mess with stuff is, but maybe better is you know these are you know if if they're going to be writing CSS too, why don't you show them how you do it? Why don't you give them the tools? You know why don't you share a repo? Why don't you yeah you know? set them
2: up with version control? Make sure that if they do screw it up, that you can revert. And that you can see where things yeah. have got wrong. But um, that's
0: a, that's what they're paying you for, is to give them the tools they need to work and build on their own site. You'd think, you know, like if, yeah. if you're helpless without you, then don't have them touch the CSS at all. You know, if-
2: and I think that's the difference between a contractor and a good contractor. A good contractor will come in and they're not going to say, right, you know, here you go, deal with it, and call me when you break it. You've got to you're delivering them a service and your experience and training them up is kind of part of that. I think.
0: Well said. Uh, well, I'm going to do a sponsor quick for the uh, environments for humans, responsive web design summit. Like I said, at the top of the show, this is coming up super soon. By the time that we release, this will be probably a Monday, right at the beginning of next week. And, uh, and, and then it's, it starts on Tuesday. It is March 10th through 12th. That's a, a, a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Dave's talking the first day I'm talking the third day, but you can attend any individual day you want or buy a ticket for, for the whole thing. It's like 9am to 4pm central time. So, you know, adjust if you're East coast or West coast, or whatever. it's right in the middle of the day, you don't have to buy a plane ticket or buy meals out or a hotel room or anything. Cause you attend the whole thing online. There's a chat, you know, you're watching the speaker talk, there's a chat room, the whole thing. It's quite a nice experience. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be fun. Lots of people you'll recognize from the show, and lots of new faces. It's pretty pretty cool, diverse com- uh, uh, conference. You know, it's one of their big ones, one of these big three day things. It's all kind, you know, when you say responsive web design, it's not like. 25 talks about media queries in CSS, you know, the topic has become like just making responsive, you know, fast responsive uh, uh, sites that work anywhere content that works anywhere. There's a lot to talk about, you know, it's not just like just the CSS part, you know, there's so much. Uh, i'd encourage you to go to rwdsummit.com and look at all the all the talks and stuff and uh you know get your boss to pay for it pony up for yourself it's not very expensive if you want to level up your ability to this especially if you've been out of the industry for a while i think this is a, a a good way to to hop back in you know like if you've been out for a year and you just want to just love, like just get a feel of the playing field of what's going on right now this would be a perfect opportunity to do that dave is going to give away a ticket for it right now we decided that we have to give this away like right now so unfortunately if you're listening to the podcast we won't drag this on too far but we're gonna we're gonna have to give it to somebody in the chat room because this has got to happen like now so but it'll okay. be fun We'll make it a quiz for for everybody
1: all right Quizmaster, the puzzler dave is right here okay here we go in the hi- whole history of shop talk not counting the the past 2004 episode <laughs> in the whole history of sh- shop talk there have been two guests that have appeared on more than one episode can you name them i bet i could <laughs> who who can you name one of them how about can you name one of the guests that has appeared on more than one episode <laughs> and not counting Chris well, We don't have Chris to away because
0: people are, okay. you know, they're going to go to the website and dig through the archives. Hint, hint. Um, hint, hint. <laughs> and it's unusual, right? Uh, it's not totally unusual, but it's not, it's not quite how you'd suspect. And they weren't, a, they weren't just guess, like quickie guests either. They were uh you know, they were on for a different reason. Anyway, I'll, I'll move on and read another question. We'll just kind of announce it when people uh, people pick. No. Oh, there's a lot of wrong answers.
1: <laughs> They're, trying. <laughs> They're trying. Uh, let's, trying. Let me okay. read another
0: question so we can we can stew upon it a little bit. Um, uh, <clears throat> Ryan Taveni writes in, As I was uh, just about to write a small flexbox grid system, a co-worker, let's call him big time Jimmy Jim,
1: uh excellent
0: that's a big time that's an inside joke between just me and dave and these two other guys showed me this (laughs) article about how you shouldn't use flexbox for major layout things because paint times drop significantly so uh the article he points to is a jake archibald article from late last year it's uh don't use flexbox for page layout um Very interesting. This is, I'm glad we're bringing this up because I, I, you know, when I saw this article, I was like, crap. I had an article in the CSS tricks, you know, pipeline, uh, but talking about it like how you might approach a medium complexity layout using Flexbox everywhere. Like the, the whole thing, you know, like it's a, it's such a good way to lay stuff out. Why don't we just use it wholesale? Uh, I haven't seen a lot of articles like that. And then, and then Jake's article came out and I was like, dang it. <laughs> it's, it's like, he's saying exactly. Don't do that. Uh, Ryan goes on the the author's answer is not to, is to use the grid spec instead you know that will that will be better, but that 's pretty far in the future with not much browser support today. links to the can I use website, which shows it and it 's true there 's not that much support for the grid layout spec yet. Uh, what are your thoughts on this let 's get into that in a second, but I think we had
1: a winner, right? We have a winner Austin Wolf correctly guessed. Gene Crawford, that's right, from Unmatched Style. As some, he appeared in a crossover episode with Non Breaking Space and his own episode for being Gene. So, congratulations, Austin Wolf. We'll uh, track you down. We'll we'll figure this out and uh, get you a free ticket. It's probably best to email 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 yeah. Dave
0: or, or actually email me well, at chriscoyer yeah. at gmail.com because I have the link. So just email me. Uh, perfect. Um, uh, what was I going to say? So we're talking about and high five to Gene. Cause that's awesome that he was on multiple episodes. What was the other one, Dave? I can't forget, but it was this it was similar oh. circumstances, right? Or it was a double show and then a single show?
1: Actually it is regretted. <laughs> like you have to look it, it up. No, uh, Matthew Smith. Oh. We recorded two episodes with him. Both of them were unable to air because it was, like, bad quality, bad, like, To dropped be fair, we recording. sent him a
0: plate of brownies, and we're like, I'm so yeah. sorry. We tried to schedule a third one, but I didn't push the issue because I'm sure he was annoyed with us. Uh so. okay, so it was really pretty much Gene Crawford who throws that for uh, uh converge se, which I will be down at. And we're throwing a big code pen meetup at with all the code pen. It's going to be a big one slash Sparkbox meetup thing. It's going to be pretty cool. Anyway, let's talk about this flexbox thing. Ryan wrote in you sh- you can- you know he pointed out this article. You can't use flexbox for for overall layout, but using it for small things is still pretty cool. What do you think, Anna? Have you been using flexbox in in prod?
2: Yeah, I have been using FlexWords. Um not as a kind of, not without fallbacks. Uh, I wasn't aware hmm. of that issue, um, but I think with everything like that, it's just really important to test it because it might be, it might be that you mentioned the article was written, what, a year ago? Uh,
0: not quite. It was, I'll, okay. I'll dig up the date, but it was like late 2014.
2: So it might be, a browser thing that's nope, it was been about fixed. a year ago. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. It has been a year, so that's been a while.
2: So you'd kind of hope that it had been fixed, and if not, I mean, just test it. I mean, it, it's really important to make sure that it's it's not causing significant performance problems. Um, but also, I think maintenance is another issue. So you've got to balance it with how easy is it to maintain versus um, how much is the performance going to suffer? Right, and I mean not just testing it in modern browsers, but testing it on some of the weirdy browsers like the game consoles um, and TVs and things because they're particularly bad at rendering stuff
0: quickly. Wow, yeah. Uh, what a, so like the what a perfect Wii
2: U guess for that. is, yeah. I mean like the Wii U is a really it's a really good browser and it supports things like SVG and um, but it's actually because it's kind of it's a game console they don't allocate a huge amount of memory to the browser um still more than say the wii but um it means things are going to render a lot slower and so that's a good device to test things on
0: wow that's super interesting that the memory is the achilles heel of that particular yeah. browser
2: it reminds me of when um i a few years ago i redesigned my site and i had all these drop shadows on it and they they were massive drop shadows and I also had some opacity and, um, yeah, I was using, like, RGBA. And when I launched it, I had, uh, like, Remy Sharp, I think, emailed me saying, it's really hard to scroll. Like, this is just really sluggish. And because I hadn't tested it in Safari, it wasn't until I brought it up in there and started scrolling that I realised that, yeah, he wasn't just being kind of, like, Remy he was he was genuinely it was really bad it was a really bad experience um and, and it turned out that to was be the just, drop shadows yeah it was because the drop shadows they were just too big I, mm. I just overused them completely and I think it's the same with Flexbox it might be if you're just using it for something small then it might be fine but if you're like using it a whole lot on everything then you might get issues so I think it's it's always a case-by-case basis you've got to balance it with maintenance and you know make sure that it's it's not going to be that bad performance
0: cool i you know i think you know it's a good point that this has been a year so it's worth looking at again but i but i think that to some degree it's the it's not necessarily just that the browser you know is is having a hard time with it it's the nature of how it works it's yeah. that you use it's you use things like, you know, when you say flex one, you're like, make sure that you use the rest of the space that's available. <laughs> and the rest might be weird because it might need to depend on an image that needs to load in another container. So it kind of yeah. needs to wait for that to happen before it can do its thing. I'm uh, it's having a, little a little bit... huge Go
2: headache ahead. with um, Flexbox and Firefox because it it understands the syntax slightly differently. I don't know if that's still the case for the particular thing that I was doing. Um, but I, I was, I was doing something really cool in, in sort of Chrome and I checked it in Firefox and it just, it rendered it completely differently. And it was really frustrating because it's the same code. It just has a different understanding of how it works.
1: Yeah. I was, yeah, you're, it's like having an assistant, like a layout assistant and you're like, go make this perfect and come back to me. <laughs> uh, and then they're like, ah, oh, gosh, this is a lot of math. Okay. <laughs> Um, so I, yeah, I think it's just, you're putting more on the client to figure out how quickly it can render. Mm. Uh, I think it's fine. I use it on the component level all the time. Um, uh, right, yeah. but like, like a navigation. Yeah. Don't even think twice about Flexbox. It's awesome. But, um, you know, underpowered devices are going to render that slower, quite a bit slower. So, mm. you know, that's where I'd. That's where that's where I think Jake the heart of Jake's article is is like, don't do the whole layout in it because, wow, you're gonna have it's a that's a lot of calculation. Mm. So
0: uh, yeah, right, Cause, because the the whole when you say the whole layout, there's one giant flexbox thing and then a bunch of sub little flexbox things and yeah, that I think that kind of you know complicates it. Uh, it's like
2: with the shadow thing it had to repaint everything every time you scrolled and i also had to i think it was like a fixed background so it had to repaint everything mm-hmm. ev- just uh, yeah i remember really
0: that the inset bad. ones used to be even worse for some reason back in the oh, yeah. day which is like two years ago <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, So, yeah, uh, he's probably right. Ryan, maybe, you know, at least test it. And if not, maybe just avoid using it for entire layout, but not for smaller areas. I I can say that I'm guilty for using it. I I tend to use it the uh, the opposite way (laughs) that has been said so far. And I tend to not use it unless I don't care about the fallback, which I know sounds sacrilegious, but in a lot of uh, times... Uh, is I'm working on CodePen, and we have very pretty strict, just for you know, for various reasons, including like what the entire website is for. We have pretty specific browser requirements for using the app itself. You know, like inside the editor. You know, like I, you know, you know, pinch me if you want, but I don't really care about supporting the the we in the editor of CodePen. You know, I just don't. You know, uh, <clears throat> I work on plenty of websites where I do care about that, so I probably would watch it but the editor in codepen isn't one of them so i use flexbox like wholesale the whole thing every every everything uh and i like it it's awesome and i don't have to worry about a fallback because we make the browser support clear okay let's do another one shall we
1: yeah we have a question from zachary porter it was an audio question but record mp3 went down (sighs) so i don't know if we have to we're gonna have to write our own service aren't we Ah, okay, here, I recently taken the, the jump to full-time client work, and I have a question regarding working remotely. When it comes to present a concept for a new website, how do you prefer to demonstrate it to a client who is hundreds of miles away? Uh, I've heard of designers using video and web-based prototyping, and I'd love to hear what's worked well for you. Anna, do uh, you have <laughs> uh, how, how do you do client? Demos.
2: I don't tend to have to like as a developer, um, but and the work that I've been taking on recently has just been on site. So, um, like, I when I was living in Brighton, I'd commute up every day um, to London, and but I guess if they were hundreds, I mean, I've worked with uh, Co for America, and we had a daily stand up like you would in an office. Um, So we had it. uh, I think it was. Uh, five o'clock in UK and it was nine o'clock a.m. for them so it was kind of the end of our work day and it was the beginning of theirs and we'd just give them a summary of what we had been working on and that was really useful because it was regular because it wasn't just like ta-da here you go we're done it was more of a kind of collaborative thing so I guess that might work for design I think it's important to maintain that maintain some sort of regular contact not to just email them at the end of every week or something with right here's a huge amount of work that i've done Mm. what do you think and then clock off for friday evening I think yeah, email to...
0: sounds like the lamest way to handle it, you know, even Definitely, if you're, yeah. because you need some context, you need some explanation and paragraphs and paragraphs and email sucks. Uh, but there's so many ways that, you know, there's Screen Hero and Google Hangouts and Skype sharing. And there's so many like easy and free technologies that you can use to, to demonstrate something in a good way, you know, like just yeah. hop on a Hangout, click the, click the, uh, you know, the thing. And if you can't do it that synchronously if you have to have an async communication format, I really like the idea of video that Zachary brought up. I've heard this before where they do, you don't just send a link to something necessary. Unless you, you know, of course, it's all communication. Depends on your nature of your relationship and stuff. But you record a video of it so you can talk and, and mm-hmm. present what you're doing and show them in as many contexts as you can while you're explaining what's going on. That way, it's not just like a link. So I think the nature of a link is just kind of like, I don't know, here's what I've did. Like, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. What do you think and they're like and I don't like the red you know like that's when the like the, the like bad communication starts and yeah probably so but if you you know firing up a video you're like hey welcome to March 12th 2015 this is you know I've been working on the responsive format of this site check out what happens when I shrink the browser and I don't know it <laughs> seems like that's a little more fun a little more engaging a little looks like you're worth the money a little bit more too, possibly <laughs>
2: I think Ah, as well, it's good good for them. It's good for the client to hear your voice and to hear what you have to say because Mm. part of a contractor's role is to kind of you're not just you're not just kind of giving them something. You're you're selling them something, um, whether it's an idea or um, your opinion or something. And I think it's really important to to have that conversation. I interviewed Dan Moore quite recently and, and he said that every deliverable has to come with a conversation. And I really like that. I really like that he's, yeah, you know, it, it's not it's not enough to just email them or put something on Basecamp and just say, what do you think? He's got to pick up the phone. He's got to call them, talk them through it, explain his, his reasoning for things because that's so much of design. Mm. Um, you've got to explain to the client why you've done something. Otherwise, you know, if anyone who's, who's not, trained in design or it isn't their their job that's gonna be a lot more difficult
0: love it but it's proof to it's proves that you did some work too it's like if you're not ready yeah. to present it then maybe you didn't you're not ready period
2: yeah and mm. it's good to I, I like the daily thing because it, it kind of it's a good motivation to say right I need to get this done by this time um because they're gonna they're gonna want to know what I've been doing all day basically and it was it, the time difference was really good as well because they were just starting their day and we were just finishing ours. So then in the morning we'd come back and they'd they'd have feedback for us.
0: Ah, um, that's so, you a know, good they, reason they, for like a, a U.S. people to hire U.K. agencies or U.K. freelancers because yeah. the timing works it, out really it's, well.
2: It's like a twenty-four hour thing. It's you know when they when they're finished we're just starting and yeah. Um, so yeah I really like I really like working with uh, sort of west based uh, west coast based.
0: Clients, <laughs> Uh-huh. nice, <Thanks.
1: laughs> Nice. I was going to say, if you, if the project affords it, try to fly out for a kickoff or something yeah. like that, but it depends on the client, you know, or in, in the budgets and everything, but, uh, make that part of your scope when you propose the project, because it might be worth it depending on the money, obviously how just just so they know you personally. So when you're on calls, when you're posting base camps or whatever, they know who you are. Um, Hmm. But yeah, everything everyone said, we usually like post a base camp and we're like, we'll talk about it tomorrow. And that way they can simmer on it and just not have a gut reaction right on the phone or on the, on a Skype or whatever. But yeah, you got to be more than
2: an avatar to them.
1: Yeah. So in video is probably the best way just to make sure that that's ha- that happens. Yeah, you could do like be a more than an avatar. Up. That's
0: the that's what I would title this if we titled shows.
1: Is that your <laughs> a book apart book? Is that? <laughs>
0: um, uh, uh, let me do uh, uh, All a right. <laughs> a sponsor quick. We have uh Lynda.com, who is a, a giant, you know, learning resource on the web. You've probably heard us talk about them before. We're big fans of the, you know, the breadth and quality of their library. You know, their their new uh, homepage really showcases the breadth very well, right? Because you can, you can see these cards when you go there. And it's like, okay, they have courses on development and design and just the web in general and learning how to use it and for your business. Photography. Business classes, education, uh, 3D and animation, video, audio and music, and you flip it over and it's like, hmm, audio and music. Yeah, it's not necessarily even one of their bigger things, but they have 162 courses on it, over 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 6,000 video tutorials, just in one of their smaller sections on lynda.com. Uh, you will find it. If you want to learn it, it is available. Uh, the URL there is lynda.com slash shop talk, which gets you 10 free days, uh, which is pretty cool. We've talked in the past about timing it, you know, if you know that you've got a couple of free days or you're going to have a flight coming up or a road trip where you're not driving or something like that. What a perfect time to take advantage of it and uh, and check it all out. It works on your on all your mobile devices and all that stuff, syncs all your, like, playlists together. So you can, you can, you know, if you're in the mood to just browse and be like, I should learn that, you know, just throw it on a playlist, and then next time you go visit it, you don't have to, you know, troll around. You just know exactly which ones that you want to listen to, which is pretty cool. I like that their Code Clinic series, uh, they say they call it an innovative series where each month Lynda.com issues a coding challenge and authors share their solutions using a variety of different programming languages which i love i love a good challenge uh cool so lynda.com slash shop talk let's do another
1: question jason etkovich writes in is there a place for somebody who is both a designer and a front-end developer uh how do you describe to a potential employer that you can in fact do both and want to do both Hmm. Anna, I guess you're not really seeking employment, but imagine (laughs) if you were.
2: Well, I guess it depends on what level of design you want to be doing, whether you want to be doing all of the design and all of the front end development, or whether you just want to be supporting a designer um, in their role. Um, So I actually have a background in design. I, I did design at school. And although I don't do it in my day-to-day job it kind of it's useful to have because often when I'm doing prototypes and things I'll just do some stuff that designers aren't offended by I guess (laughs) um it gives them a starting point um so I can kind of use that to my advantage when I'm when I'm pitching for things because I can say well I I, you know I'm not a designer but I I know how um to some extent you know I'm never going to be as as good a designer as they are but um, it's, it's useful, it's useful skill to have, but if I wanted to do both things, I think I'd be looking for a very different role, um, because in a lot of larger companies, they will split that role. So you'll have a designer and you'll have a developer, whereas in a lot smaller companies, maybe startups, they're going to really need someone who can do both. Um, so it, it'll affect what sort of role that you're looking for, but you can certainly use it to your advantage.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, just I would say,
1: Jason, you know, use use your words. <laughs> yeah. Use your words. Use your words. And if you're a Daniel Tiger fan, that was for you. Go ahead. I have a kid. Sorry. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like a visceral response. Uh, just you guys, if you have to go, buddy, stop and go right away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just comes out. I don't oh, too much sugar. <laughs> uh,
0: you, you could, you know, if you're trying to be subversive about it, Jason, you could, you know, you could, you could slip something in. You know, you're doing some front end work, and then you're like, hey, you know, like, you know, you don't have to use this, but check it out. I, I kind of redesigned this little area. What do you think about this? You know, I think. And if it's, it could, if it's it could go really awesome. well,
2: it could go really badly. What? Well, like, how stop bad? Trying to do my job.
0: <laughs> oh, you think some people might get get butt hurt with the?
2: It may be, yeah. No. I know I, I wouldn't want to like as a developer I wouldn't want to overstep my mark and just kind of consider myself a better designer than the designer is that would be bad um but you know it should always be up to the designer what the design is and just because you're the developer and you can change it doesn't mean you should <laughs> you, you have to kind of you have to respect their decision
0: I think we had a question the other week that was uh their their boss wasn't utilizing them to their full potential kind of thing. You know, they, they were wanted to do more design work too. And Mm -hmm. I think our advice was kind of like, you know, tell that to whoever cares, you know, or that that you think (laughs) is in a position to change that kind of situation. Not us. I wasn't trying to say we don't care. Uh, I was trying to say, you know, you make that known to your employer and hopefully they can do something about it. And if you can't, it's not like you, it's not like you, you know, signed a, contract and blood with this place, you know. If you're if you are a really good unicorn as they call them, which is I think a stupid term, but it just kind of means you can do both things. It probably means you're more of a, you're you're worth money. If you're truly good at both, you, you, there's a job out there that there's somebody out there that wants that cuz that it's such a it's a, it's a kind of an awesome place to be.
2: Mm.
1: It's, I think it, I think the reason you don't see it in job titles that much is because like either you're looking at rock star job titles or whatever right. is because companies were asking for that and they would get laughed at cause it's like, yeah, that doesn't exist, you know? <laughs> and so you're probably in a really good position and I would probably pitch myself as a designer, get in on a design team, make a designs. And then you're like, Oh, by the way, here's this I design as a website. Yeah. Mm. And then people <laughs> CEO head explosions. <laughs> yeah. It's just going to be uh, like the end of the Kingsman. Moment. It also, oh, that was kind of good, I thought. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> hey, okay. Oh, keep going.
0: oh, that yeah, where the fireworks yeah, and the, like the yeah. streamers coming out of their head. Yeah, that got kind of, I think it was like, it's, this has got to be PG-13 or whatever. So let's see. Nope. Even though it's kind of gory in some parts. Anyway, that was weird. Uh I forgot what we were talking about. No, you uh <laughs> the, the 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 doing both kind of thing lends itself fairly well to entrepreneurship as well, I think. So if you've if, if you can do all this stuff, you throw a little back end in there too and pretty soon you're building a product all of your own. Sir Jason. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, let's try to do one more. Can we fit one in? Yeah.
1: Let's see. I like here. I like
0: this, the the Loix. Can we do that one? Or
1: Yeah, let's do it. Go ahead. Oh, uh, Lo- oh! You want me to? Lohic
0: Goya, French. I am from France, and I do I do uh, for a small web agency all of the HTML, the CSS, and a part of the JS using various stuff. He lists the technologies, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, I do not do the UX and the UI part of design. So he's, he, uh, uh, is a you know okay. Uh, my mate Clement does it. I do not do all of the Angular part. The dev team does that stuff. So even if it's front-end stuff, they they put all the NG attributes in there or whatever. Uh, in French, my job's name is uh, Quitte or, or is quite simple. No. <laughs> I get it. It's quite simple. <laughs> it's quite simple. It's yes. Integrateur, maybe.
1: Yeah, I like it.
0: Uh, integrateur web. Integrateur web. Uh, good luck to pronounce it. Uh, but in English, I never know if I should say front end developer because I don't literally do development, or front end designer because I don't do U- X- UI design. So, uh, I, I, what what is what is Loic, Loic. He <laughs> just does the front end part. I would call him a front end developer. Um, what is his job title? i that's what i would say what do you what is your job title or i know you probably don't have to care or think about it very much but which one do you like feeling why what's your gut say Uh.
2: you could just call yourself a web developer or a web designer like jeremy keith does you could make up a new term a completely new term I, i i never really know i mean the the um the term seems to change so much Every year, like, all these new things come in and I suddenly feel really out of date. And I, I often think, oh, should I call myself something else? Uh, should I call myself a front-end engineer or um, one of these things? I, I honestly don't think it really matters as long as you can show people well enough what you actually do.
0: Right. I think that the time it matters is generally is big. Is big companies where it matters. You know, where you need to do, You need to play the game. You need to be hopping around positions to get paid more and whatever. It, it doesn't matter too much, but only in those situations. If if you're in a smaller place and you can clearly show what you do. That's that's kind of fantastic. But I would say I would say front end developer. You're you're more than qualified to to, to call yourself that. He says he's working with Twig with HT with HTML, less in SASS with CSS, and doing some of the visual stuff in JavaScript. You're totally a, a front end a front end developer. I think even hmm. Remy Sharp had a post on this, didn't he, recently? That said, I am a web, or maybe it wasn't Remy. <laughs> Uh, It was just kind of like, I'm not an engineer. It was like, it was against that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: I think that was Remy. Yeah, I remember reading that.
0: Yeah, that's good. Because engineer has a really specific thing. You know, there's very specific engineer training. They don't throw, real engineers don't throw that word around unless you, you know, get the qualifications for it. And I think the web people, it was just like popular for a hot minute to call yourself a web engineer. And we probably should stop (laughs) doing that, you know. Unless you really are one, unless you really like studied computers and computer science and like you're not just like a, you know, throwing Ruby around a little bit or whatever to build a, to build a site to make uh, tweets. Yeah. Whatever. But you, I, uh, you know what I mean? It just, it feels
1: a I little build, different. I build websites yeah. to control trains. Does I was that- going
2: to say the only situation where I think it's going to be a problem is if you're sort of job hunting, you know, if you're already in a company, it's, it's, probably fine but if you're looking for a job and you're throwing your cv around and um i think then maybe you need to think more about what your title means but at the same time just show your work and people will figure out how you fit in yep
0: yeah, that's the I was, strongest answer oh, Go ahead. i was
1: just gonna say i call myself a front-end engineer because i make websites that Control trains like physical trains, <laughs> and so yeah, that's.
2: That, I, I think that's fair enough.
1: <laughs> I feel like that's pretty right on. To I like. call myself husband, father, <laughs> husband, <laughs> father. Neither, husband, father. Neither I should say husband, father. Neither. My new job title is web janitor because <laughs> yeah. I think so much of websites should just be like maintenance yeah. and cleaning up people's vomit. So, <laughs> that's my it's yes. my new life
2: I, I, a, I found my
1: calling in life
2: I had a formula for job titles which was um, the first half of it is what you currently are and the second half of it is what you wanted to be when you were little
1: Ooh. okay
2: so mine front was end front end en- astronaut nice
1: <laughs> yeah I think I would be lead astronaut so yes nice does that work Okay. Uh, yeah, President Cheeto Tester. <laughs> 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 oh, that's good. I right. we can't top that on that bombshell. And <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. How can people follow you if they're not following you already? How can they give you money? And then how? What or what's like one thing you'd like to plug before you go? Um. So
2: you can follow me on Twitter. I'm. At Anna underscore Debenham. Sorry about the underscore. I know it's really nineteen nineties. Mm. Own but, it. Own it. Uh you can buy my book, which is on my website, that's uh Maben.co.uk, and it's two pounds. Um I don't know what the equivalent of that is in dollars. Sixty dollars. Sixty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's like three dollars. Um, and yeah, um, if you're interested in star guides, um check out starguides.io. Um, it's something i work on with brad and we've got a podcast um it's not not as good as this one but you might like
1: it oh, come on don't sell yourself short <laughs> don't sell yourself short well thank you so much for coming on the show we really appreciate it and thank you Thanks for inviting f- me all for coming out in the chat room we really appreciate it uh congrats to austin wolf the lead uh shop talk archives digger for winning the prize and uh thanks everyone for downloading this in your podcatcher of choice be sure to rate us up five stars it's just that easy that's how people find out about the show and chris you got anything else what is for your
0: podcatcher of choice i like casts on the iphone still uh, uh
1: i i am using overcast by marco arnett
0: you, what do you use, Anna? I'm just super – I don't I mean to
2: drag oh. this out. But. I just switched to Android, and I have no idea what to use now.
1: Oh, that's fun, though. That's a <laughs> oh, topic for Oh, you switched sure. to Android?
2: Yeah, because I wanted one of those cool smartwatch things. I didn't you got the smartwatch, and yeah. we didn't talk about
1: the smartwatch. I'm sorry. It's
2: round. <sighs> it has you, a
1: browser. Uh, so, real – <laughs> <Blah. laughs> So, Wait. Do you actually look at websites on it? Do you find yourself? I know you like tested some yeah. sites, but do you actually like find I yourself surfing?
2: I have, because you can set bookmarks in it and I have a load of GIF bookmarks. And <laughs> when there is an appropriate moment, I will pull up the GIF and show show people the time. Um, okay. okay. Yeah.
1: But day-to-day web browsing, not so much <laughs> right now.
2: No, not so much.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. Not yet. All right. No, <laughs> I'm very curious. That's all. Okay. All right. I'm I'm done. Chris, are you done?
0: My last one is that you should you should you should not look up what vocal fry is. I listened to a podcast on it and it turns out oh, like everybody no. in the whole world has it. So just don't even learn about it cuz it will just bug you forever.
2: I listened uh, to a podcast about that.
0: Yeah, we probably listened to the same yeah. one. It was uh anyway, <laughs> uh, shopdocshow.com.
1: Yes. That ended perfectly.
0: <laughs> I should
1: show shop the hawk show